0: You are part of the cult of people who are wrong. Radio drone. I am Josh Hadley. This episode is a sequel to an episode we did before, pun pun. With me, as always, is Cecil the Robot.
1: Oh, I gained an H-E.
0: Well, you are a he-ish. <laughs> There's no ish. Ish. <laughs> Back from having been bent over a toilet last week when we recorded, Peter is somewhat better
2: somewhat better, yes. Not quite as good as the original, but most sequels aren't, I guess.
0: Cecil, would you like to do a sequel to the Adam and Eve promo?
2: Um, no. All
0: right. (laughs) You brain farted, didn't you? Can- I'll I tell you what it.
2: you can't say no to. I'll tell you what you can't say no to is uh, getting getting uh, some free stuff by going to adamandeve.com by using the promo code DROME. You can't say no to six free DVDs, a gift for him, a gift for her, a free mystery gift by using the promo code DROME on adamandeve.com.
0: And free U.S. shipping.
2: And free U.S. shipping, yes. Uh, no no uh, Canada's... Or America's Mexico, I don't know Mexico North shipping. Uh, <laughs> so if you live in if you live in Canada or anybody, anywhere else, you can't use it. But if you are in the United States, uh, if you use the promo code Drome, you get free US shipping.
0: See Cecil, he was sick last week, and he remembered it.
1: Well, I'm <laughs> I'm still sick this week, so.
0: Oh, wait. Yeah. L- let's, let's talk about sequels and how sometimes becoming a franchise can actually wreck a film. I was watching an old 1990 documentary called Shock Cinema, and they had Jeff Burr on there. Jeff Burr's most, mostly known as the director of Stepfather 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, and his first film, From a Whisper to a Scream, Slash the Offering with Vincent Price. Jeff Burr was in there talking about how his first major film was Stepfather 2, so he's coming in on a sequel. He had a lot of fun on it, and he was working for New Line, and then he got Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. And it was something he said about that one that got me to think of this topic. He, was, he said they went in, New Line, went into Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 with the idea of turning Leatherface into the next Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees, the next franchise character. They, they, they restricted him. They said, well, you can't do this with the character because we need that for part four. And we don't want this revealed because we want to do that in part five. And he said, wanting to make this a franchise actually retarded each film to, the, to being not as good as it could have been because we need something to do down the line. Does being part of a franchise, can that hurt The actual film, I mean, it's kind of ironic that Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 is a sequel in and of itself and not an original film. When you get farther down the line of a sequel, does that harm the earlier entries or the original film just by the fact that it's now a franchise? I think it
2: can. I think a bad sequel can kind of tarnish the memory of, of the first one, especially... Uh, growing up the narrations of the sequels that are coming out. I watched uh, RoboCop again recently with my girlfriend, and we both really love that movie. And it's funny. She said, um, watching this uh, makes me, every time I watch this, it makes me sad that there's a RoboCop 2 and 3. I have to agree with her because there really should only be one RoboCop because 2, 3, the, eh, the. I mean, the 90s show was all right, but then you got Prime Directives and all the, all the other shit that came out and especially three was just such a bad film that it does kind of it lessens the impact of how good the first one was like like texas chainsaw massacre again is a good example because the first one is such a such a great iconic film when it comes to like exploitation horror cinema i mean the second one was fun I, I i find that to be one of another of toby hooper's better movies but not as good as the first one the third one i enjoyed again not the same impact Next generation garbage. Um, the remakes were completely pointless. That new Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D was pointless, and I hear they're going to make a, a yet again reboot it. It just it really does uh, lessen the impact in a way of of what was. What could have easily been a great standalone film, but then deciding, oh, this needs to be the next this or the next that. Not not everything needs to be uh, a Jason Voorhees or a, or a Freddy Krueger. Some horror icons can really stand on their own really well. Um, you know, My Bloody Valentine didn't need a sequel. The Burning didn't need a sequel. There's a lot of there's plenty of good horror movies that didn't need a two, three, four final chapter, new beginning, lives returns, all this all this crap. So you can diminish some of the impact that the original has with a crappy sequel, because you'll have people going back and, and watching the original and going, ah, it makes me really sad that this has crappy sequels. Like, and, and I think that really speaks for itself.
1: What often bumps me out is when they retcon stuff. There's a movie, I'm not going to say what it is in case, um, for fear of spoiling it for somebody, but there's a really great movie where at the end of the first movie, uh, the main character dies. And the movie ended up being a sleeper hit. And so, of course, they wanted to make a sequel. And so what do they do? They make the sequel. And somehow this person survives. And they very definitively died. And so it's like, okay... Um, well, I guess we're just going to ignore that whole thing. And
0: Are, are you talking about the exterminator? Because that's what always the bother me.
2: He didn't die at the end of the exterminator. He that's died not at the end true. of the exterminator. No, he didn't. We rewatch it, Josh. He comes out of the East River with a bulletproof vest on.
0: Not in the VHS cut.
2: Well, the version of it I've seen, he does come out of the water. And I didn't see the Blu-ray. I saw the DVD. Well, mm-hmm.
0: same thing. I saw the old media home entertainment one, and he dies in that version.
2: Your version was not extended. He comes out of the water just
1: and and I also saw the version where he comes out of the water. So, you're wrong. <laughs> I I just <laughs> when they're changing things to force a sequel, it's silly. I don't mind if you take something like okay, you have a pre-existing idea and you end it with uh, maybe a character dying or whatever and you want to do a sequel. I don't understand the necessity to tie a sequel to a particular actor. For example, in a similar notion, at the end of Alien 3, Sigourney Weaver dies.
0: Pretty definitively. She,
1: pretty definitively. Yeah. If, if it wasn't for the fact that she jumped into freaking molten hot magma, she would have died from the alien popping out of her chest. So she was dead one way or the <laughs> other.
0: But then actually in the original cut, the alien didn't pop out of her chest. That was post-production CG. The work print just has Mm -hmm. her falling directly in there without the whole stupid cradling the alien to herself.
1: Yeah, I know that was that.
0: uh, uh, Don't dance around it. That was idiotic.
1: It was really bad because it's like in every other alien birth, so to speak, the alien comes out and it's inc- excruciatingly painful. And this and is here, a queen.
0: So it's three times the size too. Yeah.
1: And here, this one pops out and Sigourney Weaver, so- or I should say Ripley and Ripley somehow is able to grab hold of it and hang onto it. And I would have been, I would have liked it better if it would have like jumped out, but then just kind of gravity did its thing and it fell in after her. Like that would have, mm-hmm. that would have been better than her grabbing onto it. And,
0: or you didn't need it to pop out at all. Like, the work print
1: Mm -hmm. well i know i'm I'm talking they just i don't know they really needed to drive that point home for some reason but uh but anyway but then with resurrection they resurrected her they brought back a clone of her just to keep that actress with the series and Mm -hmm. i always feel that um in certain movies like you don't necessarily need to like keep that actor uh, in order to keep a franchise going because it gets to a point where it's just ridiculous like i know they eventually did veer off with it where they did the alien vs. predator movies but those are unfortunately um marred from studio interference
0: those are also prequels so those are would be before the ripley character was even
1: born right but still they tie into the franchise of alien and you know more the whole so
0: bishop you know, nonsense
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, which which was taken from the comic. So uh, I didn't particularly mind some of the stuff that they did, but I just didn't like. uh, Well, we talked about that before. But anyway, so I just don't like that kind of nonsense where they will shoehorn things in for the sequel or they'll just do really dumb things like bring a character back to life just to keep the franchise going sometimes Mm -hmm. you know movie isn't always meant to be a franchise
0: well what about a a specific franchise that i didn't mind as a small franchise but got out of control And that would be like the saw series i think the first three saw movies form a pretty good, tight story. The Mm -hmm. problem is, everything after that, Jigsaw dies in the third film. So to make all of the sequels, Lionsgate insisted, no, we have to have Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell has to star in all of these. This being arguably said in the real world, we can't resurrect him or pretend he didn't die. Let's just make each other film half of a prequel. Then that way we can have Tobin Bell in all of them. The continuity was pretty convoluted up to the point of three. By the time you get to seven, this thing is a goddamn continuity nightmare. Everything that they had to do for each of the sequels was, no, 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 so, you know, Jigsaw also did this before the first film. No, 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 and now he did this before the fourth film. Now it's even farther back in time and he did, it's like, oh, fuck off already.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, because Saw 1, 2, and 3 are fantastic. They all tie together. They form
0: a tight little trilogy, too.
1: They they really do. And Mm -hmm. while I enjoy, to a certain degree, the later ones, there definitely is a drop-off in quality. And I'm sure this was more studio meddling. With the original trilogy, 3 was a little bit gory, but the movies, people are, Oh, God, it's torture porn. And it's like, Oh, well, you never actually watched the movies, did you? Because really, there's not a lot of blood and guts in the movie. There's a lot of stuff that happens in your head. You, Oh, God, I can't believe they're doing that. But really, it's not very gory. Now, the later movies, they had to rely on they more gory. They had a gore.
0: neo-Nazi super glued to a car that went through like a, a window or something and it tore all of his skin off.
1: That's mm-hmm, just yeah.
0: gratuitous.
1: Yeah, exactly. That was when they just went nuts. Now three, there was three was probably the goriest of the original trilogy. But the reasoning for that was because Amanda was like starting to go crazy and she was purposefully like making traps that people couldn't solve. So like there was, you know, you were damned if you did, damned if you didn't. So uh, that kind of was that, that whole angle. And it it brought something really interesting to it. It was like, well, here was somebody who was saved but now she's kind of going crazy because of it and and also because of you know her involvement with uh with jigsaw but um the the later movies they did really just start to focus more on you know well how can we make this trap disgusting and how can we you know one up the one before and they were kind of going by the for lack of a better description they were going by the scream rules kills had to be more gruesome and had to be more in your face and you had to have a higher body count every time. So, you know, each movie that comes along, it's got a higher body count and more people are dying in more violent ways. And it just kind of keeps feeding into this thing. And eventually gets to the point where it's like, all right, this is beyond ridiculous and we need to stop.
0: I think with the saw movies, especially the later ones, it got so soap opera ish that if you took the gore mm. aspects out, you almost could have sold this as a chick flick. It was so soap opera by part seven. I was going, this is just ridiculous at this point.
2: Like you guys were saying, one to three are excellent. Like they're actually genuinely good movies, good tension, good suspense. It had the right amount of gore to shock you and the right amount of bad things that would happen that would make you like think about it more rather than just seeing it like very cerebral horror And then the third one was a little bit gorier, but it had a reason to be. And then the rest of them, yeah, this whole thing where he's, like, he becomes a supervillain that had made all of these ridiculously intricate traps beforehand that were... Like, if you think about the first movie, it's a really simplistic thing. It's just two guys, like, chained to radiators or whatever with a corpse in in the bathroom. And then then it gets to this point where he's got these, like, giant... Dr. Claw contraptions or whatever the hell it is. The
0: blocks of ice that take out Donnie Wahlberg actually made me laugh.
2: Same here. That was ridiculous. It's like just these, these hilarious, like this merry-go-round with a shotgun on it and just all this crazy stuff. And it's like, how if, if the trap in the first couple movies, if the traps in the first couple movies are, are considered so over the top and so, you know, masterfully planned How on earth was he able to make all of these other ones before that? It was just ridiculous. But, like, I don't hate the Saw sequels. I think they're watchable, and they get kind of so over the top that they're hilarious. And I just, I can't get enough of Costas Mandalore. He's one of my favorite that guys. But... It, it just it, it is one of those examples where the first one, especially the first one, and, and they had a couple of good, good, good follow ups like two and three were great, but it easily could have ended at three and it didn't need to become this giant franchise thing because it's it really is. It lost its uh, actual spark where it's like it really did make you think and it's like oh man he really did get them and he planned this ahead of time and then it gets to a a point where the planning ahead of time is like well this is some like goofy 1950s supervillain stuff like he was planning years in
0: advance remember when he took out the 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 insurance guy because of the flashback having to set that when he first got cancer he waited almost five years to exact his revenge yeah. on that, and you're like, really? He made this trap five <laughs> years and, and set all these events in motion,
2: and you're like, oh, f- off. Yeah, it's some, it's some really goofy like Lex Luthor shit. Like it's just ridiculous. They're they're watchable sequels, but not for the right reasons. Like like you were saying, Donnie Wahlberg with the two giant blocks of ice like blowing his head up. It's like a James Bond villain would set up. Like the like the movies went from like. Really great and visceral and and genuinely scary and, and suspenseful to just flat out ridiculous and almost like self parody.
0: The when a movie really cannot have a sequel. I mean it's a it's made as a single movie. It is closed off. They you have to change everything to get a sequel. Cecil, so I think you know I'm talking about Highlander and its sequels, right?
1: Oh yeah. yeah, Highlander, Highlander, and I know you don't like it, but Cabin in the Woods cabin in the woods it's They're pr- trying.
0: i might not like it but that's a pretty fucking definitive ending
1: yes the entire earth yeah. is dead how are you going to make a sequel to that they're they're trying they're trying
0: with highlander look at that film in its either 1985 1986 or 1987 context depending on when it was made and when it came out look at it in its original context there is no re that movie was clearly not made to be a franchise that movie was made as a single film as an idea that was taken to its logical to its logical ending and then it made so much money we got to make a sequel highlander 2 was horrible
1: the 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 only thing that was good that came out of highlander being uh made into a quote-unquote franchise was the tv series i love the tv series Mm -hmm. but
0: but even then they had to retcon the hell out of the first film to make the tv series passable
1: right but it still was good whereas the the movies i mean two is the worst like three is bad but watchable and four is pretty good you know it ties into the tv show but it's still like i don't know i I like bruce Payne a lot no i like don't you want to be inside me (laughs) i like bruce Payne a lot but man he they just picked him at like a low point in his like he he had just been eating nothing but hot dogs and whoppers and was just he was supposed to be the greatest Highlander of all, and he had a gut. And he like, The reason
0: he, he had a gut was because <laughs> he was chewing all the scenery.
1: Because <laughs> you look at him in, like, uh in, in the... Uh, Passenger
0: 57.
1: Pastor, oh, God, in Passenger 57, he was awesome. But you look at him in Passenger 57, and then I'm talking after uh, the Highlander movies, you look at him at, like, the D&D movies, and he was back to, like, slim. And it was just, they they got him at a really bad part. He was even in... um. Uh, I think it was the third, the third Warlock. Warlock movie, Yeah, and he was good, you know? But yeah, they just got him at a really bad time. <laughs> he must have been going through a divorce <laughs> or something, because man, he was out of shape. And you know, for somebody who's supposed to be like the biggest badass ever, and when he was killing all the Highlanders, and he's very slowly chopping at them with his sword.
0: And running out of breath. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was such a shame.
0: Looking at the Highlander franchise, and then you, you just watch that first film. Can you, can? you guys are both slightly younger than me. I, I remember when Highlander 2 was first announced. The, the general reaction in all the sci-fi magazines was, how the hell are you going to do that? The first film has got a pretty definitive ending to it. How the hell are you going to make a mm-hmm. sequel? I mean, we all know that there are sequels, but can you imagine what it was like as they were prepping this for the fans to go, wait. What?
2: I'm not saying it's aliens, but aliens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not saying in the Renegade cut it's not aliens, but aliens.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Cecil that if not for the sequels, we wouldn't have gotten the excellent TV show. I love Adrian Paul, and I love what they did with that show, and I'm I'm proud to live in the city where they filmed it and everything, but God, just besides, like, Michael Ironside's over-the-top performance in Highlander 2, Highlander 2 is just a crap fest of a film Highlander Three is fun, but another hunk of crap. Like Mario Van Peebles, like weird homoerotic voice that he does. <laughs> um, Endgame was garbage. The source was garbage. It, it was a completely pointless series of films. I, I love the TV series. I hate the movies that came out of them. I just I, I know you. I know you guys have the love for Bruce Payne, and maybe you, you see some redeeming factors in Endgame, but for me, as a as a Highlander fan, I thought it was a complete kick in the balls. And then the source was just a bitch slap to every fan of the show. They got rid of the original sword and gave him some stupid, like, dual, like, machete thing. Like, give me a f***ing break. They really crapped all over that franchise, in my opinion, and it's true. Doesn't that not mean that there are no more, like, immortals left, and that there's no point to the head-choppy stuff and he's allowed to live...
0: The way the TV series retconned it, Joe kind of tried to explain it, but they really danced around it. He didn't actually Mm -hmm. win the prize beheading the Kurgan. That was just because the Kurgan had killed so many immortals before. That was just like a super-ooper-duper quickening, and that's what that was, and it wasn't actually the prize.
2: They totally, definitively show that he wins the prize, which just makes it completely stupid that there are so many movies to follow. And again, it's it's good with the bad we got a great tv show out of it but oh god just wow easily some of the the worst sequels to come out of a really cuz i i love the first Highlander i consider that to be one of my favorite movies of all time i watched the ever loving crap out of the tv show as a kid i still go back and revisit the first movie and it's still magic in motion every time i watch it but god those those sequels they're they're hard to watch ironically like i have to be pretty drunk to like enjoy Highlander Endgame like, that's, uh needs to be going through a fifth of whiskey to, like, enjoy kind of movie. Like, Highlander 2, I can chuckle at. Um, Highlander 3 is kind of fun. But, like, Endgame and The Source, like, those, oh, man, those hurt. Those are just really bad.
0: We'll be looking at this franchise in depth coming soon. Like, look at the Howling movies. You had the first film, again, had a pretty definitive ending to it. You see Dee Wallace, I mean, she's only a local anchor, so it's only going out in, you know, the L.A. market and whatnot. She's turning into a werewolf on live television. They show that all around Los Angeles. People are watching her live turn into a werewolf. Then the second film, within the first five minutes, Christopher Christopher Lee has the line, this was never broadcast, I have the only copy of the tape, they kept it under wraps. And you go, no! That's not what the last five minutes of the first film were! Screw you! Because, I mean, really, that's the only one of the Howling sequels that pretends it's an actual sequel and not just a werewolf Mm -hmm. movie with a name in the title. What about like that, where it outright says that other film didn't happen, but it also did? Because then they refer to all of these events that did happen, so when the sequel says, no, certain parts happened, certain parts didn't, isn't that just telling the audience, yeah, just fuck off?
2: Yeah, pretty. Like I love Howling Two, like Howling One to Three. Uh, not so much in the Saw sense, where it's three really films before it gets crappy. Howling Two and Three are technically, I guess. I mean, Howling Three is good in sort of an experimental osploitation sense. Howling Two is a flat-out hokey, cheesy exploitation film with uh, Red Brown on his usual one setting of uh, foghorn. But it, it, it's a fun movie, but yeah, it it does retcon it. It it it, it shows this like really bad reshot footage where the actress like, like the doesn't even foo- look like D. Wallace. Is-
0: the actress in the reshot footage has black hair. D. Wallace is I blonde know. in the first film
2: the werewolf footage looks worse than uh than teen wolf like it's it's pretty bad like they it's it's not only completely disregarding the the continuity and retconning stuff but it's like they, they put no effort in actually recreating it like it just it looks like a like a bad fan film or something it's just horrendous but i can't again at the same time i can't fault the movie because i i do like it for what it is but it does you just like completely werewolf. Maybe, maybe I do, and I and I love Red Brown and I love Christopher Lee Mess in and of itself. But with with Howling, it's it's one of those where the original is so good, and you look at the sequels and you go, Oh my God, how? Other than um, other than Howling three though, I do think that one is is genuinely great for what it is, and Howling two is fun, but that that's a franchise with oh man,
1: it's kind of frustrating because if you want some kind of continuity, you're not going to get it. I don't understand why. Like, as a writer, you could come up with any number of ways to to paint yourself out of a corner. You could uh, you could say that um, uh, it was it was broadcast, but it was delayed, or they could have said, uh, well you know, this went out, but, um, then we, we told, uh, everybody that it was a, uh, a prank that they did on the news or like they, I'm just off the top of my head. There's any number of things that they could have written instead of just saying, Oh, well, nobody really saw this. And, and it's like, that was such like the laziest way out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's irritating that, uh, they they just, they wanted to make a sequel really didn't even try, To find a way to work around the ending of the original it was just like nope didn't happen
0: (laughs) all right well and i know peter will have a lot to say about this one what about when a franchise doesn't take place at the time it's supposed to be taking place i'm not talking about like when you do a period piece and you've got 80s technology in the 1950s setting or something i mean like with the friday the 13th sequels second film comes out a year after the first so it's 1981 but it takes place a, ye- a year later, so it's 1982. Then the third film takes place two years later, but it actually came out in 1983. But now it's taking place in 1984. By the time you get to the sixth film, which is ni- which came out in 1986, they keep adding like each movie is a couple of years after. They're supposed to be in like 1998 by that point because they keep saying each film <laughs> oh six years earlier Jason did this, but they keep coming out one year apart, and you're like, is it 1998 or is it 1986?
2: You can't have both. (laughs) Well, when it comes to the second movie, yeah, it's like it's two years after and then two, three and four take place in the span of like a few days. So it kind of makes sense with that one. They all are kind of in the the same timeline. And, you know, they are because they tie in the continuity. Each one uh, begins after the other one ends. But then yeah, it does but then get six a bit is
0: like he, they, they mentioned something like six years ago. Jason Voorhees did this and they changed, you know, to Forest Green. And it's like, no, that actually happened last year because it came out last year.
2: <laughs> so you're yeah, in the future uh, Tommy, now. Well, yeah, Tommy Jarvis ages a fair bit, even by the fifth film, which seems to be retconned uh, either way by the, by the sixth one. There seems to be no mention of the whole uh, Roy Burns incident or anything. Um, so you also have to take into account which ones are even considered canon, like which ones actually exist within the, the realm of the series, because apparently part five doesn't. No, I don't know no, if, no, uh... it
0: does, because at part six, they mention the same hospital he was at at part five. So it's supposed to be after that. So they
2: do. But in part in part five, they also say that Jason is cremated, which right. he uh, is, certainly is not so it's kind of and they don't mention anything about the imposter and then yeah by 7 that's got to be quite a few years later cuz i don't even i don't even know if they say how many years after part 6 that happens but by then you know jason's all it's got to you know, be water. many
0: year peter it's got to be oh, many yeah. years in the future because they've gone back from forest green they're now crystal lake again well that's yeah, why jason changed. x
1: took place in space because they just know. went. Because they the just future. went so far away. They went so far into the future. It had to go into space.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exact. Kind of makes. Uh, kind of makes sense with that. But yeah. in, in seven. God, that's got to be a good five to ten years after six, at least. Even though it came out like you know one or two years after. Well, yeah, um, seven, because seven doesn't. Because the... Jason. I mean, he looks so waterlogged and you know eaten up and even more rotted away than he looked in six.
0: And didn't. And the, then... And didn't not carry have a flashback to him when she was a little girl and then now she's like 17 or something
2: yes um sort sort of like she has a flashback to her dad uh, drowning i guess in the same lake uh, and she tries to like uh give him give him life but she gives jason life instead so it's like yeah jason had apparently been in the water since she was a kid I think that's what the, the point they were trying to drive or something. But yeah, like Jason's in, in that water from six to seven. I think it implies, at least just by the opening of part seven, that he'd been in the water 10 to 15 years. And then eights, who knows? Uh and Then it went into the whole new line thing. But yeah, Cecil actually brings up a good point Um, because I'm not a fan of... Of Jason X by any means, but it kind of makes sense that everything would be all futuristic by that point with how the continuity of the series is. So it's kind of weird that that one is maybe the only one that kind of sees that it. it's like, well, maybe we should try to make things look a little futuristic just by how many years each sequel seems to fly over. Um, I think
0: that has to do with Todd Farmer writing a pretty witty, smart script.
2: Um, I, I will go. Uh, I will give him give him credit for his imagination. I just <laughs> I didn't like. The, maybe it's just the Uber Jason thing that I didn't like. I don't know. That's It's interesting when it comes to that series because, yeah, you're right. The, it, it's obviously the second one t- takes place a few years after the first one, and that sort of makes sense with two, three, and four, same timeline, and then it all all goes to because sh- you have things that, that retcon, you have things they don't mention, you have things they don't talk about. You have in part eight the main chick of that one, Rennie, talking about how Jason tried to pull her under the water when she was having swimming lessons as a kid, which would make Jason the same age as, as, like, the teenagers he's going after, which doesn't make a lick of, of sense whatsoever, seeing uh, what time he drowned. None of them really seem to make a whole lot of sense after, uh, I guess, after part five.
0: This is in the same area as retconning, but it's more insulting. When future sequels say, we're not just going to retcon the past sequels, we're going to say certain ones happened and certain ones didn't, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 outright says Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 never happened and it's a sequel only to the first film. Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre Next Generation says 2 and 3 didn't happen. We're just a sequel to the original film. Texas Chainsaw 3D says, no, neither of the remakes 2, 3, and 4 didn't happen. We're just a sequel to the original. And you go, oh my god!
1: With Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I mean, there was uh, there was a really good reason why. Basically, the 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 rights had kind of gone wonky, and they they felt that the later, well, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is a great movie, but it is a lot more slapstick. It's it's not quite as horror as the first one. Toby was. Toby
0: Hooper's pretty clear. He, he was he's kind of making a satire of the first film with the
1: second one. So then three comes along, and three's ridiculous, and then four is even more ridiculous. And so they kind of wanted to take it back to uh, the roots and they didn't want to make a remake. They didn't want to make a reboot. They wanted to kind of do a direct sequel to the first one. So that's an instance where I think that they had the best of intentions going in. And I am one of the few that very much enjoyed 3D, but I understand
0: you are part of the cult of people who are wrong
1: (laughs) as always. but I can understand why people didn't like it. It just seems to like, I understand if you don't like it, but there were a lot of people that were just genuinely being like r- overtly nitpicky about it. Now, granted, there are things that you can nitpick about it. Uh,
0: there, she was there's... a little girl in the 70s yeah. and she's 19 in the 2010s because shut but up. She, but
1: she was gorgeous. <laughs> she Get was him gorgeous. Cause...
0: is not a reason. She was Get, so
1: him
2: cause, for... Get him, cuz. Get him, cuz. That's why no, I gonna hate that movie. I have that movie i I'm on your side <laughs> with this one Peter
1: I understand that line look man, Gunnar Hansen likes that line, and if the original leatherface likes it, then sure you know what it it honestly didn't bother me. There have been a lot of movies that have had some cringy shit in them, and I'm willing to kind of overlook it and that one it didn't bother me it just i i I laughed because it was such a it was such a hill hillbilly thing to say. So it felt like something that uh oh, get him eh, whatever in Jurassic Park 3 where people are like oh my god the talking raptor and I'm like it's it's a 3 second scene it's, still stupid. it's not stupid it, but I think it was a it was just a little flashback ow, it ow. was like right i left <laughs> cuz is what you're supposed to do
0: so isn't that a tad insulting when the when not just to the audience, but to the other filmmakers who said, yeah, your film wasn't a real Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, but even then the ones that they're now discounting said that about the previous one. Yeah, your film wasn't a real one, mine is. What do you mean mine's not anymore? Isn't that insulting to everybody to say, no, only certain films in this franchise, quote, actually took place?
2: It's a a weird franchise that way because... Every one of them, like two, is definitely meant to be the sequel, obviously to the to the first one. I mean, it's the same same director. It's Toby Hooper coming back and doing it. Um, same characters, if you. Same will. characters, yeah, yeah. The cook is back. Um, you could say that Nubbins is the the corpse of the hitchhiker. That's what I always assumed. Anyway, maybe it's been a while since yeah, I've seen it.
0: I think it's, it's supposed to be the same grandpa too.
2: Three. While I like three, it didn't feel so much like a sequel it that one felt like it was just rebooting the franchise again it was almost like a remake in itself next generation felt more like a remake than it felt like a sequel then of course you have the actual remakes and you no, have the I, I think
0: i think next generation felt like a fever dream somebody had while suppressing gay hate
2: then you have the remakes, which actually was at least honest about what it was trying to do as a remake, and it wasn't trying to be a sequel or, like, saying, this didn't happen, so this happened, but it's actually trying to be a remake. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, of course, saying, no, none of these other ones, you know, fine, granted, I'm I'm okay with Next Generation never happening. 3, you know, I mean, that I actually liked that one, so I'd like that one to stay in the continuity, same with 2, same with the first one but with it it, they always seem to to do that with the texas chainsaw massacre movies i mean there's another one that's coming out that's going to be a reboot that's also going to be completely you know denying the existence of course i'm sure of the whether people liked 3d or not i i did not for multitudes of of reasons um not just the hey cuz thing not just the i'm a kid that grew up in the 70s now i'm in the 80s or whatever just there's a lot of reasons why I thought that movie was just awful and badly. He's chasing after the chick, trying to kill her the whole time that he helps her at the end. Give me a break. Okay, Um, the next one that's focus, coming out Keter, is going to deny the existence. I'm f- trying. <laughs> the next one that comes out, of course, is going to ignore what happened in the last one, and just as the other ones did, which it makes... That's why Texas Chainsaw Massacre will, will technically never really be a franchise, because pretty much every sequel feels like a remake even the ones that aren't meant to be remakes are denying the existence of certain sequels which makes it feel more like a reboot than an actual direct sequel so it's it is it, it, it is insulting whether whether you like the, uh, the certain sequels or not like I'm sure fans of next generation get got mad when 3D was like all oh, this never happened I'm sure fans of the third one got mad when next generation said you know three never happened and it is a kind of a slap in the face. To, to the actors that were part of that film, and you know the the writer and the director and stuff like that. So it's it, it's it's reasons like that that make Texas Chainsaw Massacre not be. I mean, Leatherface, in all honesty, does stand in the same room I would say with the Jasons and the Freddies and the Michael Myers, but he's he's not really a, a franchise character because all of his movies feel like remakes rather than actual sequels. So it it makes that series very weird.
0: How about one of the arguably most confusing franchises out there where you actually had two different production companies battling over which was the true sequel almost simultaneously okay you had universal soldier come out in 1992 and then as showtime original movies you had universal soldier 2 and universal soldier 3 which were direct sequels to the first film then those tanked The director of Universal Soldier The Return, Mick Rogers, outright said, oh, those were just pointless TV movies. Two and three never happened. So he made The Return, which was a direct sequel to the first film. Then John Himes makes Regeneration in 2009, which is a sequel to the two TV movies, but not to The Return. Then Day of Reckoning comes out, and that's a sequel to Regeneration, which ignores Return, but says the two TV movies are continuity. So you kind of go, ah, I'm going to can go scanners here over this how the hell do you keep universal soldier continuity together um
1: i don't know i think you're reading too much into it (laughs) I, i just like you know what i watch it and uh and if i enjoy it cool if i don't cool whatever you know, there's no reason to get all friggin' in a huff over it. So they, uh different movie companies will buy certain properties and they'll they'll run things the way that they want to run it. And, and a lot of times uh, they'll do it for the wrong reasons. I mean, with Universal Soldier 2 II and 3, they got the rights and they made uh, a couple of crappy movies. And then they got the rights back for uh, Universal Soldier Return and they wanted to ignore those two because honestly majority of people didn't even like we're weird. We're different. Like most I people watched
0: those first run on Showtime.
1: Right? Exactly. You're weird. The majority of the uh, movie going public has no idea that those movies exist. So actually I would be, I would go so far as to say the majority of the movie going public doesn't know anything beyond universal soldier one. So the fact that like two and three were direct to video and then four was a direct sequel to one and ignore two and three and then five and six ignore four. But no one else really cares. And uh, like, honestly, if, if they make a cool movie and I enjoy it, that's really
2: all I care about. I don't even remember the TV movies. I don't even remember if Van Damme was in them or not. Um, nope. Van,
0: Van Damme didn't come back till the return, which is the one yeah. that covers the two Showtime movies.
2: That's the one with uh, Michael Jai White. I, liked, I I thought uh, Return was a decent little 90s action movie, but a nice little uh, introduction to most people for Michael Jai White, who played a pretty damn good villain, I thought. Then the two the two other ones that came out, are uh, Regeneration and... Uh, it was the the last one that, that came out that had uh Day
0: of Reckoning.
2: Day of day. Reckoning, which was, was those two, I mean, neither of them really feel like they're in very good continuity with each other, but I like them a lot. I feel like I feel like regeneration and day of reckoning, if you were to just repackage them with different titles, um, like if you just called um instead of just dropping the Universal Soldier thing, just call it a movie called The Regeneration, and then the other one, just call it Day of Reckoning, and they would work perfectly as standalone Van Damme films. Um, where he plays a villain in one of them, and then he plays, you know, the hero in the other one. In my opinion, two of the best action movies to come out in a while. Like very, very gritty and and violent with awesome fight choreography. Uh, you got you got Scott Atkins just really kicking ass in Day of Reckoning and really showing that he needs to be a, a prime face of uh, action. I I don't really care too much about the continuity because I, I barely remember the the TV movies. Um, and I just I generally like. I don't remember the TV movies, but I love the first one. I love the Return. I love Generation and I and Regeneration and I love Day of Reckoning. Uh, whether they all fit together or not, don't really care so much. But you know they're cool movies where Van Damme shows up and kicks some ass, and so does Dolph Lundgren, and you know so does Scott Atkins and a couple of other like random mixed martial arts badasses, and you got some nice fight scenes, some cool music, and for those movies it's kind of really all I need.
0: Well, what about the cardinal sin of sequels? The in name only sequel. And I'm not talking about like the Hellraiser ones where they were actually kind of sort of rewritten to Retcon. Those are all Retcon sequels, like Extro 3. How many people even know that there was an Extro 2, let alone an Extro 3? At least Extro 2 was an actual sequel to Extro. Whereas Extro 3 was a movie called Watch the Skies that the video company, I think it was Vestron, bought and said, hey, we own the Extro license, so now it's Extro 3 watch the skies and you kind of go, wait, so is this the same alien race from the first two films or not? Or how does this, I'm getting a
2: headache. I didn't even know. I didn't know there was an extra three. That's, that's news to me actually. Um, I guess a lot of the, I mean, we talked about Amityville a few weeks ago and a lot of those, and I was
0: going to go to them next. Because yeah, they are, they're pretty much the same thing. Yeah.
2: Those are definitely, you know, many of them are of only in name and some of them can provide some pretty fun, sequels like i i personally really enjoyed dollhouse a lot that that's really just a, a way to uh, garner attention uh, from people who have seen the original and maybe the the first couple that actually have continuity and they go oh well it's a new uh I don't, I don't know if that was really so much the case for extra i don't know how popular that movie is i know it's a really messed up film and i enjoy it for what it is uh but with like something like amityville if you were to at that time uh slap Amityville onto onto a movie title with a little tagline thing. People go, oh well, it's another Amityville horror movie. I I like that flick. I'm gonna go see another one. So I think when it comes to the in name only sequel, that's really just a, a marketing ploy uh, to try to get people to see the movie because of the name.
0: Well, we're, we're for Christmas we're gonna be doing a Silent Night Deadly Night retrospective. Four and five of that franchise. They have nothing whatsoever to do with the rest of it. One, two, and three. <laughs> actually star billy He's in all mm-hmm. three of them, different actors and everything and there's a screwed up continuity. 4 was literally just a witch movie that happened to take place at Christmas. So IVE said, "We own the Silent Night Deadly Night franchise." Now it's Silent Night Deadly Night 4. And you go, "No, it's not."
1: It's uh it's funny because um there's a uh, one that I always bring up when I'm talking about the in name only sequel and that is American Psycho 2. which they uh shatner's
0: the only fun thing about that thing
1: mila kunis experimenting in the library i I thought that was the only really uh okay part of the whole movie but
0: you couldn't even have a sequel really because remember rules of attraction establishes even though the first film kind of established that it didn't really happen rules of attraction establishes that patrick bateman is in a mental home because he thinks he killed people so really, you can't have a real sequel to American Psycho
1: now. Well, if uh, if you read I, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember the box art, but on the box, it said something along the lines of after his murderous rampage in American Psycho. And I'm like, they didn't even watch the movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you you skip the last ten minutes where it's all in his head. It's all in his head, you idiots. And Rules of Attraction <laughs> cements that because for and, people that don't know, even though Rules of Attraction is a comedy, they're both based on Bret Easton Ellis books. Patrick Bateman's brother is the main character in Rules of Attraction.
1: At, apparently, they I don't remember what happens, but basically, I think he uh, they say that Patrick Bateman was executed for his crimes. And his spirit of evil what
0: crimes! Is,
1: <laughs> I know his spirit of evil <laughs> is traveling and it lands in Mila Kunis and it makes her go out and murder people. And I'm like, you did not even see this freaking movie. I mean, I have more respect for the in-name only ones, like the uh the Saturday Silent Night, Deadly Nights and one where they're just trying to do a cash-in, but it's not really tying it in, it's just kind of using the name. This is like using the name and trying to use the story, but obviously having no idea what the original story was.
0: What about when you have a sequel many, many years later that is so inferior in quality to the original that it comes across more like a ripoff than it does an actual sequel? Something like Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven. Ooh. That's an actual sequel. They bought the rights. This That is not a ripoff. And this thing was shot on, like, $10,000. And it looks like every cent of that $10,000. It's using the shotgun mic audio, all echoey and distorted. It's shot on a, literally a $600 Walmart camera with no white balance. This thing is shot, Doug Walker has higher quality in his YouTube videos than this official <laughs> sequel to Showgirls. Is that better or worse than, like, if they had just slapped Showgirls 2 on some d- Vegas dancer movie that would, would have been direct-to-video anyway?
2: That's way worse. I didn't even know there was a Showgirls 2, and, oh, my God. Yeah, that that is definitely worse than I mean it's I mean, at least if they would do, like, a Vegas stripper movie and slap Showgirls on it, it's like, whatever, I understand. They're trying to do a cash-in. They had the rights to it and everything, and they just made a pile of crap. Like, that really—I mean, Showgirls, it's not exactly that— I, mean, I don't think it's a particularly great movie but still I mean must to, be weird to, not having anybody come on you But yeah I think it's uh that's a lot worse than just uh you know your basic cash in
1: You know say what you will about Showgirls Showgirls is a movie that that gets a lot of shit and the honest truth is okay not saying that it is a good movie but I will say I will always defend it is a good looking movie and I don't mean it's Paul Verhoeven.
0: What do you expect?
1: I have, and it's garbage. I, it's it's hard to even make it through because the first one is well acted, is incredibly well directed. It's it is a well made movie. It's just not a particularly good movie. And the second one was was just a real bad cash in. And oh god, I've seen like Gimmex movies. That, you know, softcore movies that have had better, you know, have probably had less budget and had more of a plot and were more entertaining.
0: I don't know. When it comes to sequels, I think a lot of times they are a cash in and a lot of times they don't have a reason to exist. And I think Jeff Burr is right especially when you're trying to make a franchise i think that's where marvel is shooting themselves in the foot with the marvel movies how each film can only reveal so much of the giant overarching plot because we need enough left for the next film to reveal a little more and blah 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 in a way they're treating it like a comic book series so i can see what they're doing but in a way That is starting to wear on people. You'll notice people are really enjoying Avengers 2 and Captain America, Winter Soldier and all that. What they're not enjoying is how a third of each of these movies is nothing more than set up for the next movie in that franchise. Mm -hmm. That is starting to wear on people. I think each movie should be made in, in any franchise. As an individual movie with a beginning, a middle, and an end, maybe you can have little references of something you want to do down the line, but I don't think you should stop doing the movie that you want so you can do the next movie later. How many movies have we seen in the last 15 years that have been the first of a trilogy, and then they tank and you never get the sequels, Babylon A.D.? You know, you can't nowadays go in assuming you're going to get a sequel because then all you end up delivering is a third or half of a finished film. As a film fan, that pisses me off. Give me a full movie. And if I like it, I'll go see a sequel. And if you're good enough at your job, you'll be good enough to make a sequel after you've made a full movie.
1: Babylon A.D. was a full movie movie. The studio, like it, it had a okay, very. The definitive-
0: version I saw was not.
1: The the movie very definitively started out with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then it had the potential to go on to continue. However. The studio got the hold of it and the director disowned the film because they like they wanted nothing to do with his vision. They cut I believe they cut 40 minutes out of the film. They changed it to PG-13 and they turned it into the product that you have seen and that most people have seen. I think that the the full cut of the film still hasn't been released. So that's not really a fair target. That was a movie that was intended to be a standalone film with the potential for sequels. But there was, you know, it wasn't immediately sequel bait. A lot of movies where, you know, they'll end on a cliffhanger. The only the only thing I should say, the only way you should be allowed to release a movie that ends on a cliffhanger is if you already have the movie shot. Because how many movies have, like we said, ended on a cliffhanger or ended and just they weren't able to continue? And then what do they do? Then they end up rebooting it. Yeah, we, we wanted an ending. We didn't get it. And now we're going to get the first movie again.
2: Well, with the Marvel ones, as you were talking about, which it's why they're very hit and miss, because you can kind of see which one they're actually serious about and which ones they're just trying to crank out to kind of fill the gap before the next one. Like when I watched Age of Age of Ultron, I wanted to give it a chance. Um, I really enjoyed Winter Soldier. So I thought, you know, next one might be kind of cool. Uh, and I enjoyed the first Avengers enough. I thought it was a fun little popcorn action movie. Ultron really felt it felt rushed. I didn't think the the effects. I don't. I didn't think we're up to snuff. The story felt really weird and, and wonky. Like it really felt like filler. It's it's pretty obvious why because their next big one that's coming out is Civil War. That's going to be the big one that like they're really building up. You know, movies like Ant Man and Age of Ultron are kind of the the gap filler movies, and they really feel like such they don't feel particularly important which is why these movies are very hit and miss when they're trying to do this whole franchise thing where each one kind of builds up a new thing and the end of each one shows like what the next one is going to be it it means that the ones that aren't so important are going to look that way they're going to look rushed because they are trying to get them out as quickly as possible so they can get the funding for the big one they want to do which in this case is a civil war
1: I don't particularly mind the movies tying together as much, but what really bothers me is that all the stuff from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where if you're not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you're missing out on a lot of like different plot and all that stuff. I heard, and that, that,
0: I heard that complaint about Age of Ultron because the whole why they're raiding the Hydra base at the beginning of that is all done because of something in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So a lot of people who didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were like, did I miss 10 minutes of the movie? What's going on? <laughs>
1: Yeah, they did that with um, with uh, Captain America 2, where there was a lot of stuff that took place in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that led up to stuff that was happening in Captain America. And I'm like, I don't have enough time. To watch all this stuff.
0: No, that that was actually even worse for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans because you had like one episode, everything's fine, then Winter Soldier happens, and then if you're just watching the show, S.H.I.E.L.D. is broken up and Hydra agents are everywhere, and you're like, what the hell happened? Did I miss an episode? Oh, you're supposed to go see, pay $10 to go see that movie that's in theaters right now if you want to continue watching the TV show. That is super (laughs) douchey.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is comic book logic, but it doesn't work in in in, movies and television.
0: I don't know. To me, that's super douchey. But the things I've been hearing about how the Marvel movies are starting to weigh on people are really all of the Infinity Gem stuff. The Infinity Gems really don't have anything to do with Age of Ultron, but we've got a five-minute scene that explains what they are. The Infinity Gems don't really have anything to do with I mean, they do for Guardians of the Galaxy, but not as much. Oh, but it's building up this. Oh, and then in the third Captain America, there's supposed to be a big subplot of the Infinity Gems for three movies from now. And people are like, can I just watch the movie that you're making now? Not you laying (laughs) groundwork for a movie that's coming out seven years from now? That's the stuff that's starting to weigh on people, that your general audience is going, I don't care. So that's where I think Marvel is shooting themselves in the foot. They are starting to see – I think they're they're crowding the market too much, which ironically enough is exactly what Marvel did to the comic book field in the 90s. They -hmm. literally had so much product out in the 90s, so many monthly titles that the comic shops couldn't stock anything else. Their entire new comic wall was every new Marvel title. Marvel had a hundred and twenty-eight titles out at one time in the nineties every month. That is yeah. just putting way too much crap on the market. And they're yeah, they doing crashed, the same thing with the movies.
1: They crash the market.
0: Exactly. And Disney doesn't seem to think that's gonna happen. I think it's going to. I think by the time Avengers 3 comes out, this whole thing's gonna crash in upon itself. I really do. I think the superhero genre is due for a crash, and it is due to sequelitis. There can never truly be a sequel to Peter Gajic, but if we have to try and have a sequel, what In Name Only would you be?
2: (laughs) Uh, You can find me, In Name Only. On uh, The Cinematicus, where you can find me on YouTube, uh, at Cinematica on Twitter, uh, Cinematicus on Facebook, and uh, you can find me, The Original Me, on uh, 1201beyond.com. The the sequels are are not so great, but you can always go back to the first one for those warm and fuzzy nostalgic feelings or whatever.
0: I'm not saying he's an alien, but...
2: But... He's an alien. (laughs) But he's an alien.
0: Cecil could never truly have a sequel. He's more like a really crappy reboot. In 3D.
1: I'm I'm like a prequel to the sequel.
0: There you, you're a prequel <laughs> to the sequel. That's a sequel to the prequel.
1: Um, and you can find my ramblings at uh, the Escapist or goodbadflix.com, Geek Juice Media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and oh, I need I need to like work on an outro.
0: I am neither a sequel nor a reboot. I'm a completely original film that doesn't work because its director was a pretentious jackass. (laughs) Direct to beta, damn it, yeah. (laughs) And you can find me at 1201beyond, 1201beyond.com, and you can contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold, and try to be an original and not a sequel. Is this a joke? There must be some mistake. Am I on camera? Am I even awake? Fuck me!